There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports, whether it's on the gridiron. For the end zone, it's Jefferson who's got the touchdown. On the court. Edwards thinking three and popping a three. On the ice. It's or on the diamond. Buxton hammers that to left field. Another Minnesota home run. Whether it's positive. I think this is a good enough roster to make the playoffs. Or negative. He's terrible. Awful. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Whether there's optimism. Hey, they might be able to even make it to a conference final. Or pessimism. Don't expect me to be super excited. I mean, I don't know. Does this really do much for anybody? There's always something to chat about. Shout out to Minnesota Sports Chat. Keep on being elite. If you're looking for fun, informative, discussion on all things Minnesota sports, you've come to the right place. This is Minnesota Sports Chat, and now, here's your host, Ross Brendo. And here we go with edition number 138 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat, award-winning, yes, if only in my own mind. I would be Ross Brendel. You can find me on that Twitter machine at Brendel Ross, B-R-E-N-D-E-L-R-O-S-S. Don't forget, you can always email the pod, Chat at gmail.com as well. If you have a topic you want to explore, just something you want to tell me. I appreciate Bob from Brooklyn Park. Bob from Brooklyn Park, he may have been making up that name. Doesn't, you know, it seems... Doesn't that, well, actually, let's go to Judd early. Bob from Brooklyn Park just seems like something you made up, right? Uh, very possibly. Very possibly. But, I mean, it, it could be. It, it is could a, be real. It is a big city, and there's lots of Bobs, so it's yeah, also possible. Exactly. Anyways, long-winded way of saying thanks to Bob from Brooklyn Park for emailing me at that aforementioned Minnesota Sports Chat at gmail.com email address. Today's guest, he's none other. Then Mr. Judd Zolgad, you've already heard him from Score North's Mackie and Judd Purple Daily and the Judd's Hockey Show podcast. Judd, it's good to hear you again, and I can actually see you based off of how we are recording. So that's that's an added bonus, I think. Good to be back, Roscoe. Thank you. I appreciate it. Plenty to talk about. Well, it's been a few months, and I do appreciate you making time for this pod. I know you're often very busy, so thank you very much. I did tip you off before we started recording. There's a lot that we could talk about with pretty much every team in town. So how I kind of want to approach this is to have a just a ton of fun with it, but a bit of a roundtable discussion is not the right way. But I'm going to give you a team, and I'm going to ask you for a thought on that team. Okay. And we'll just kind of go back and forth on that because I, I think this will be a great organic and fun conversation does that sound fair to you sounds perfect so let's start with the minnesota vikings then give me a thought on the minnesota vikings when you think about your five and one nfc north leading vikings um after watching the red zone channel yesterday all day it was great my thought on the vikings is this they have a realistic opportunity to go to the nfc championship game they have a realistic opportunity to go to, and I would assume that they would play Philadelphia there, but um, this conference is so bad, and the Vikings are a very flawed team, but they're 5-1 and one flawed, and I think if they make the right moves potentially by next Tuesday's trade deadline, and I do think that they need to make a move or two to strengthen themselves, realistic chance the NFC Championship game. Okay, there's so much here, and that's why I'm I'm glad we're going the way we are today. 
I'll start with the trade deadline. How realistic is it to believe that any trade the Vikings would make, or maybe it's a free agent signing in the form of Odell Beckham Jr. in the next few weeks, right. how realistic is it to think that any player the Vikings bring in midseason can help right away? Because, Judd, you know, acquisitions and trade deadline in the NFL doesn't always mean success or that somebody will fit in as well as they do maybe in the NBA the NHL or the MLB. But how realistic is it to expect that somebody could come in and make that type of a difference that would get you to an NFC championship game? I'm glad you asked this question because I just got done uh, penning a column for my friends at Vikings Wire, Ross. Yes, VikingsWire.com, correct? Yes, exactly right. They do a great job, and I am a a columnist for them now, which I am pleased about. But I just got done writing about this very topic. Because you're right, there are a lot of trade deadline deals that are pretty small. Uh, But you know what? I went back and referenced the off-season sit-down that Kwesi Dofamensa did with USA Today, in which he said some controversial things, including, I don't know if we want to go full Rams. Keep in mind, last year at the deadline, the Los Angeles Rams, future Super Bowl champions for 2021 for the season, uh, acquired Von Miller from the Broncos. He's now a Bill. It was a short-term thing. I think they got. I think they gave up to the Broncos like second and third round picks in 2022. Um, nonetheless, it was a major trade and helped the Rams win a Super Bowl. Um, the Rams also, uh, as far uh, I believe it was 2019 in October in season that year uh, for a couple first-round picks, acquired Pro Bowl cornerback Galen Ramsey from Jacksonville. My point is you're not wrong, but if you do decide to emulate what the Rams have done, and keep in mind, no matter what Kwesi said, Kevin O'Connell was in Los Angeles for two years and watched Les Snead, the GM, right, make moves to bolster his team because he said, you know what, I'm not really concerned about the future when we can win now. What makes the Vikings case interesting is the more I watch this conference, there is a weird opportunity to win now. Um, This conference, I'm not saying it's always been great, but I don't remember it basically being one team and the Vikings are as good as anybody else after Philadelphia, I think. I mean, Dallas is an upstart. The Giants are are like the Vikings, a great story, but I don't look at anybody else and say, oh, you're not going to beat them. Weird opportunity here presents itself. Would Quasi rethink his full Rams comment? And I'm not saying that you would mortgage a bunch of first-round picks, but would he rethink his strategy perhaps because of the opportunity that exists? Okay, let's have a little bit of fun with this. As we record this, it's late in the day on Monday, October 24th, the NFC Championship game. I don't know the exact date, but roughly three months from today, give or take a few days. Can the Vikings close what I believe to be I don't want to say significant gap, but I do think there's a gap between the two teams. I think Philadelphia is obviously better. Mm-hmm. Can the Vikings close that gap or for one day in late January, can they go to Philadelphia and win a football game? I would say this, Judd, I've said this numerous times. I think it helps to have the NFC Championship game at home versus on the road. But eventually, if you keep making it to the NFC Championship game, Judd, you're going to win one of them at some point. Could it be this year? You know, um, a month ago, I would have said no way. I would have said no way. And I still don't think the Vikings can win the Super Bowl, to be very clear here. But 
after seeing this conference so far, and and remember, the Eagles spent the Monday night game in week two in which they beat the Vikings in the second half, telling the Vikings, come on, come back in this game. No, no, we want you to come back. And the Vikings couldn't do it. Um, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you a hypothetical that I think, because I think it's currently constructed, it would be very tough right now. Like, if you just leave the rosters the same, I think Philadelphia wins. Um, What could change that a bit? All right, let's play that game. Let's say they go out and get Beckham or a speedy receiver, a speedy receiver, all right, to play opposite Jefferson, because Thielen is not that guy. He He is still, he has good hands, but he is an older player, and he is slowly but surely breaking down, and he doesn't run well now. K.J. Osborne, I don't think, has emerged in the coaching staff's eyes like I thought he might. So, Roscoe, let's say that you did have a receiver opposite Jefferson who who demanded and had to be covered because he was seen as a potential vertical threat, okay? I think that makes Jefferson that much more dangerous. So, again, this is why, do I think the Vikings, as currently constructed, can beat Philadelphia in the conference title game? No. Do I think they can get there as currently constructed? Maybe. Yes. That might be a yes. Uh, But I also think that there are certain moves that you could probably make to solidify your team that are going to give you a hell of a better chance of actually uh, making a deep playoff run and being successful if you get some pieces, or at least one piece. Final one on the Vikings, and then we'll move on to another one of the teams in town. On the receiver front, I believe what was given up to get Robbie Anderson from the Panthers was a sixth and seventh round pick. Would you have given up a sixth and a seventh round pick for Robbie Anderson, or is that not much of a difference maker or helper for you? I would need to take a deeper look at what he, he could potentially bring me. Um, but, I mean, if that's the... The asking price, would I consider it? Absolutely. Uh, The two names that I have seen, uh, just going through some stories earlier today, and this is not surprising and actually might be a good trade partner because a lot of people with the Vikings know this guy, the Denver Broncos, who are a colossal mess. They are a mess. They might have to fire their coach. Uh, George Payton, who is the GM of the Broncos, was the assistant GM to Spielman here for a long time. And while Spielman is gone, there are still a lot of people at TCO Performance Center who know George Payton. And Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler, it looks like both can be had. Uh, That intrigues me, at least. It's speed. Like, I want to make right now, the unfortunate thing is, when I line Jefferson up at receiver... I do not have a guy to line up opposite him who defensive backs have to be concerned about being a deep threat. I mean, Thielen was at one point, but that's drawn back now. They aren't playing Osborne enough to do it. So those are the type of names and potential trades. And we are not, to be very clear here, talking first-round picks. So I'm not saying give up a first and second and third. Uh, This is not a, um, what I'm talking about is not a Jalen Ramsey-type trade. But it is a significant trade that could improve you now offensively. And judging by the last game that the Vikings played before the bye week, Roscoe, they need improvement 
offensively. Like, I think the ideas are in place, but that was not an impressive game. Um, and there is definitely a lot of room for growth, I think, both from a standpoint of O'Connell coaching and play calling, but also what you can execute and the personnel that you do, or more importantly right now, don't have. Yeah, and I think with what we've seen with the NFC so far this year and even the Minnesota Vikings, they're 5-1 and one and feeling pretty good right now. I'm not saying they're going to lose the next two against the uh, the Commies and the Cardinals, but you could very easily quickly become 5-3 and three if a few plays go the wrong way. I expect these games, for the most part, they'll probably be fairly competitive. There hasn't really been strong evidence so far from the Vikings yet that the, the next few games that they play won't at least be competitive. It would be nice if they weren't. But yeah, something something, right. something tells me that Cardinals game is going to be competitive. I don't know. Has Washington maybe found something again with Taylor Heineke? It's never easy to go on the road in the NFL. That's not Correct. a super easy stadium to play in. It had been pretty easy until the Packers game on Sunday. So who knows? It's, it's week by week. But to your point, Judd, I wouldn't say you've been gifted the opportunity of being 5-1. and one, But you are 5-1, and one, and I don't yeah. think many people expected it. So... You know, maybe maybe double down. I, I I don't know if the term is all in, but do what you can to make yourself as formidable as possible. Judd, you might be able to go into the playoffs this year and not have to deal with Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Now, maybe in their advanced age, you would want them, but you have a path that might allow you to perhaps get to a Super Bowl without having to beat them or at least getting them in Minneapolis versus on the road. I'm very curious to see on Sunday what the Cardinals and most importantly, Kyler Murray do against this defense. Like to me, that becomes extremely important. Um, I I love the fact that they got pressure in the Dolphins game, but you know, Teddy, God bless him. It's not like he is now gifted with uh, a ton of ability to move. Uh, Kyler is, and I'm with you. The Vikings right now, simply put, and this is the majority of this league, you know, save for, perhaps a Buffalo, a Kansas City. The majority of this league isn't good enough to pull away in games. You know, what Kansas City did on the road to San Francisco is not the norm. So I'm with you. I think until the Vikings start to blow teams out, which I don't know that they're going to do uh, through 2022, um, I think these next, I, I would, there's no game where I think, oh man, are the Vikings going to shellac that team i do think showing that you can contain kyler murray or do a halfway decent job becomes incredibly important though let's fly through these other teams again we're setting it up judd's giving me a thought then we're just seeing where that takes us judd i want one thought from you on the now essentially eliminated from big 10 west competition your minnesota golden gophers football squad one thought judd can I give you one word instead? <laughs> you can go with pathetic. Bust. Yeah. Complete okay. and utter bust. I would like to see, and I am not suggesting he be fired. I'd like to see pressure on Fleck. Uh, this is this is atrocious. Yes. This is starting with the Purdue game. And again, you know, look at what Purdue has done of late, which is lose football games. Wisconsin basically blew them out, right, on Saturday. Uh, this has been awful. Um, expectations were realistic you will never get a schedule like this again and i will now i i declared this on unchained to Royce today i will now be dead and gone before this team ever gets to pasadena and and I, i'm not talking about a, a college football playoff i'm talking about 
I will be dead and gone before this team represents the Big Ten in the Rose Bowl as not part of the playoff. It's There is now no chance I will live to see a trip to Pasadena. So on the Gophers, I really could not agree with anything that you said more. I'm 100% behind that, including what you said about P.J. Fleck. He shouldn't be fired. I'm not advocating for him to be fired. But this is, and I don't think any normal, rational person is, but this is as disappointing as it's been since he got here. I finally settled on this. I asked this to uh, Daniel House last week, and now coming off of the result on Saturday, I've kind of upped it in my head. I never expected the Gophers to win on Saturday, especially without Tanner Morgan. I think we all knew he wasn't going to play. So I didn't expect them to win. However, I I have a huge... I have a huge problem with coaching the first quarter essentially not to lose or just to remain competitive and not coaching the first quarter to try and win the game. First off, (laughs) I don't like to say this, but you kind of needed Wally to return that touchdown back because you knew, or that interception back for a touchdown, because you knew once he didn't get a touchdown, they were going to end up kicking a field goal because they weren't going to do anything beyond being very conservative. And that's exactly what happened. My larger point though, Judd, For PJ, how big of a black eye is it that Jeff Brom, who got hired the same year as you, still has a leg up on you to represent the West in Indy, although it's probably not going to happen anymore, or the guy who just got to Champagne, whose coffee from the opening presser is still lukewarm on the table, and he's going to beat you to representing the West, most likely, in the Big Ten Championship game. I don't care how you slice it, how you talk about it. If you're being real, you can't honestly say that that's a good look for P.J. Fleck and the Gopher football program. Those two programs, they're not bad programs. I'm not saying that. They're not worse than Minnesota, but I don't believe them to be better than Minnesota. And for those two programs to now be farther along in year six or in Bielema's case, year two than you are, I don't like that. That doesn't sit well. A very mediocre to below that Purdue team came into your barn when you were undefeated and coming off a Michigan State win that was really impressive and lulled you to sleep, and you were not prepared. And and I will stick with that. That's coaching. That team, the players did not play well, but, but that game, the start of the loss to that game was the first day of preparation for Purdue. It was, that was a gross game. Illinois, PJ said, and by and I did expect them to lose to Penn State. Now, I didn't like the eye test, but I did expect that loss. But PJ said after that loss that he hadn't seen the defense play like it did at Penn State for, I forget his exact quote, but he meant a long time. PJ, the, the, the two weeks before against the Illini, your defense was terrible. You know, Joe Rossi, I was talking him up for a head coaching job. I think part of my problem is I feel just incredibly stupid because I've been talking about, you know, they're off to this great start. Yeah, it's three cream puffs, but they annihilated them. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what flex teams didn't used to. Oh, my God, you go to East Lansing and just blow out Michigan State. And I was so impressed, you know, and this team, and again, the schedule will never be like this. No Ohio State, no Michigan, favorable games. Iowa is awful. Like those last two games, Iowa and Wisconsin, the Hawkeyes game was sitting for you on a tee for you to hit a T-ball home run. And it's not going to matter now. You're going to the pinstripe bowl or you're going to Detroit or I don't care where you go. Uh, But yeah, 
Um, and here's the, so here, so here's the thing now. Okay. So the season's done. Like I'll still watch them, but the season's done. Here's what I want to see though. Does Fleck have the intestinal fortitude to start the, if this is the guy, the redshirt freshman quarterback starting Tanner Morgan again is a waste of time at a big time college football program. This is not the Mayak. This is not a cute little division three thing. This is a major sports business, which has its own network. Um, If you go back to Tanner, you are essentially treating this as an amateur uh, little league that's the best word. Little League program. It's a professional sport. You need to find a quarterback. You know, how do we get to this place where they don't have a quarterback right now? Well, and I would double down on that. People talk about the receiver depth. And yeah, it doesn't help that Chris Ottman Bell got injured. I get that. There's something going on with Dalen Wright, injury or personal. I don't know. Yeah. But I would still say, yeah, that's a lot to lose, Judd, but that's still on the head coach. This is your six. Oh, yes, that's, I, I mean, agree completely. Yeah, the, the receivers, that's on him. We finally yep. saw some life out of Span Ford on Saturday. But again, how much did that really matter? Because I don't know in a game that's more close or competitive if he'll be that wide open. So I just, I really don't know what that means. Uh, I, the Tanner Morgan thing's interesting. I, I think for now, it's a, I, for me, it's a bit too early. If he's ready to play on Saturday, I think you have to play him. But if he struggles and you end up at halftime, perhaps down to Rutgers or you lose to Rutgers, yeah, then you have to make a move. But I would say this, Judd, I don't think it's likely. But if the Gophers win four of their last five or they win out, it's a disappointing season, but it's not as disastrous as it feels right now, at least for me. Yeah, I think my problem is a lot of you a lot of the problems that the program has right now are self-inflicted and it's maddening t- to see. And on the Tanner front, I get it. He's a great kid, okay? I have no doubt he's a great kid. He has certainly gone through hardships and been a class act and all of that can be true. But the reality is before he got hurt, you know, the Purdue game, he was awful. Illinois game, awful. And that can't all be on the receivers like that you're you are the quarterback and pj's coach you got to find ways around that i I mean pj's whole thing right but about finding ways finding paths to success um yeah i am i am incredibly disappointed i'm disappointed largely though in myself for believing in a program that never really truly comes through uh aside from you know the Penn State win in 19, which was great fun. Unfortunately, that was followed by getting blown out eventually by Wisconsin. Do you want to know what I'm championing? And I hope that people come along with me in hopes that it spurs the next level for Gopher football. You, you watch a lot of college football, too. Do you remember 10, maybe 15 years ago? I think it was roughly probably 10 years ago. There was a term that went around college football called Clemsoning. For about Mm -hmm. a half a decade, Clemson would always put themselves in great position, Mm -hmm. and then they would barf all over themselves or choke in an important game, and it would always cost them, and it was called Clemsoning. Mm -hmm. I'm now referring to the annual or sometimes twice annual gopher football no-shows where they just, for some reason, don't show up to a game. That's gophering. Okay. You want to get behind that and help spread that with me? They're just gophering. 
Absolutely. But it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. You were presented much like the Vikings. This season's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift from God. Look at that schedule. Look at who you don't have to play. Look at your home games. You know, it's a gift from God. And, and how you lost to Purdue, and don't tell me it was an off day. There's not enough days to be like, oh, chalk one up to an off day. Uh, and Penn State didn't pass. So I expect them to lose. But, Ross, where it didn't pass the eye test was this. You had no plan. Like, Tanner yeah. couldn't yep. play. And it was sort of like Fleck just said, well, he can't play. To your point, it was very much like they started that game saying, how do we not get blown out? Yeah, that was literally it. That's was, not a strategy. The whole game was damage control. This is college football where teams every week are favored to lose by 20-plus points and somebody wins. There's no reason that says that can't be you on any given Saturday. Yep. But if you coach a game not to lose it versus trying to win it, it's really, really tough to well, do that. And I feel bad for Mo too. Because it's like Mo wants to play pro, and he probably should. That poor guy is going to be like Earl Campbell by his seventh year, his first year in the National Football League. Also, a couple things that have stood out to me the la- like within the last few days since Saturday. One, you get uh, it's you know there's certain accounts, and I don't want to I don't want to defame anybody because I'm I'm just me. I'm one little guy with a podcast. Mo Ibrahim is not going to the Heisman dinner on a team that's seven and five. So people need people need to stop that. And then I think it was college football, college football preference or might have been. I can't remember who it was. Somebody tweeted out that our guy, John Jacob, Jingleheimer, Michael Schmitz is the highest rated offensive lineman in college football. That's great. Good for him. I hope he's a first round pick. It's good for the program. If he's that good, how bad is everybody else? Well, and the especially when it comes to pass protection and the disintegration of that line <laughs> has just been enormous. I've never seen something fall apart so quickly. Like the twins fell apart, but it took it took an extended period of the season. The, these guys, they lost Purdue, and that was like it. It's like a new team showed up. Yeah. It wasn't a good one. And they haven't been able. I think a part of the problem here is it's it's a mental thing. I think this team thought what we all thought. And once they lost a game, they've had a heck of a time reeling it back in and refocusing. Judd, give me, I hate to do this to you, but take the Wild and the Timberwolves, somehow lump them into one and give me one thought. Um. Okay. Um, or, or, it- or two quick thoughts. I'll uh, Give me two quick thoughts, one on okay. each. Okay. Okay. Wolves, work in progress. Okay, hundred uh, percent. We can this, leave them. This there. is going to take some time, and and I am curious to see how Cat does because I don't know that Cat is going to love what he's being asked to do because it's going to take effort. I believe uh, Gobert is in a situation where he's not actually being asked to change much. Cat is uh, wild. I think that there's concern. I think that there's concern. They're off to a bad start, and I know it's a start, but um, Matt Dumba's been unplayable. He. he I saw for tomorrow's game in Montreal has been demoted to the third defensive pair with uh, John Merrill. And I think that if he continues to play like he did on Saturday against the Bruins, that he'll, you know, be in the press box at some point. Flurry playing bit better helps. I mean, that definitely helps. But I mean, there are a lot of question marks. And you know what's biting them in the ass now? They don't have, and they didn't last year, but they got fortunate because of a career year. They do not have a number one center that they're playing. They're going to play Goudreau there against the Canadians. He is not that. He's a hard worker. He's a wing probably. Uh, putting him between 
Kirill and Zuccarello to me is not the answer. So there are some definite glaring deficiencies on this wild team. Okay, one quick follow-up. How much of it is an issue that currently your best offensive weapon and perhaps the only thing you have to a true score, it's Kirill. That's one guy. Mm-hmm. The next best guy, for better or worse, they traded away because of cap issues. Yep. I would have kept Fiala. I would have moved on from Dumba. I've said that from day one. But how much of a problem is that going to be as the season goes on? Or is it truly just the defense has been atrocious and the goaltending has been just as bad? No, goal scoring is going to become a problem. Uh, they're, they're scoring goals now, but I think it's going to become an issue. This whole thing about, oh, Fiala can just be replaced by this, you know, Boldy will score some goals and blah, blah, blah. Okay, but Kevin Fiala is a sniper. Those guys are hard to find. Um, I do think that if this continues on its current path, though, that what we have to realize is to be an, an apologist for a second. The Wild, I think, has a bright future they've got talent coming up but it's not here yet um the fiala trade ultimately i think is going to to be good faber's a really good player and he'll be he could probably be here now um it's very clear that that group of gopher players decided to return to try to win a championship but there's about three of those guys who could be playing pro games right now um and so the good news is it's not like the cupboard's bare now and it's, oh my God, there's nothing coming. What's coming, including in goal with a Wall Street kid in Iowa, I think it's some very capable players. They're just probably not going to be contributors this season. One thought from me before I tell everybody about Beans Coffee and I have you stick around, John, because we're going to whip through five filler questions. It's been a while since I've done that with you. One thought. Gopher hockey can still be really fun when the Mooch is packed and they're playing a team that people care about. That was you go? a ton of fun this past weekend. No, I couldn't go Friday night. I watched on Saturday, and I was really jealous of the people that were there. You That's were awesome. there for one, or were you there for both? No, nope. I was. I watched both because oh, there was did? so okay. much on. Because this was such a great weekend to, uh, with, with the uh, bye week to just sit there and veg out and watch sports. It was fantastic. Well, you've earned it. You've earned the right to relax. But North Dakota, I mean, that it is, and I tweeted this, I do not want the WCHA back, okay? Hear me out. I don't want the conference back. I do want Minnesota and North Dakota every year to play meaningful games. Yes. It, there's nothing that can replace it. You'll never torture Michigan into being, well, that's North Dakota. Um, the hatred between those two schools and the fan bases and everything is what is absolutely perfection. Yeah, and I'm with you. We don't need to go back, but it is going to be pretty interesting to see just the excitement level from a weekend against North Dakota now to a weekend taking on the mighty Ohio State Buckeyes. It's just got a little bit of a different feel. (laughs) One thing that has a great feel, Beans Coffee Company, on that tip of your tongue, in your mouth. Okay, now it's starting to sound a little bit dirty. But Beans Coffee Company, they're about more than just providing fresh, great tasting coffee. They're about convenience. Here's what you need to do. Go to coffeebybeans.com. That's coffeebybeans.com. Check out their wonderful blends. Maybe get signed up for a subscription. They can send it to you in one to eight week intervals. Whenever you need coffee, you'll have it. Subscription's not your thing. Don't worry about it. All orders of three bags or more, they ship for free. 
Yeah, how about that? Ships for free, and you can even save a little bit of extra money by using the promo code SPORTSCHAT. Promo code SPORTSCHAT, one word at checkout at coffeebybeans.com. That is coffeebybeans.com. Okay, Judd, I, I put a lot of thought into these five filler questions. Reminder for you, you can answer them as elongated or as short as possible, and maybe I'll offer up something too. Does that sound fair? Perfect. All right, we'll close with five filler, filler questions, a segment inspired by Phil Mackey. The biggest world event that played a role in your life, Judd, that was not sports-related. Ooh, I would have liked some time to think about <laughs> That's one. why we do it this way. The I don't want you world, to think. The biggest world event. Or just biggest I, event. Something that happened that was not sports-related. That, that I was keenly aware of because, like, I was five when, I believe I was five when, Nixon was impeached and then resigned, but I really didn't know at the time because I was five in kindergarten. I would say it has to be, unfortunately, it's because it's sad, September 11th, 2001. Yeah. That's good. I, I mean, that changed so much to this day. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, the world has never truly been the same. Yeah, I would I would echo that, Security, uh, people's feelings about things. You know, I mean, until then, Ross, we really hadn't had what I would consider to be um, an act of terrorism that impacted, you know, basically the entire country, um, killed thousands. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's close. Like, I, you know, in the 80s, we had, like, the Challenger blew up, which is really sad, but it's it was an accident, and it was one, you know, um, no, I, I would have to say the thing that irreparably changed things in everyone's life uh, to this day was September 11th, 2001. Yeah, that's a solid answer. I, I think I can use this word. Unfortunately, it would have been my answer, too. But it's just something that I think resonates with so many people. What would you tell somebody, Judd? We'll try and lighten it up. I didn't realize that would be such a downer, but I guess the question kind of lended. Sports. Lend, I mean, yeah, exactly. Play? Real real world, it's always sad. That's why we the live in. release it. of Nirvana's Nevermind album. That's a good one. That's a good 90. That was, what year was that? 92? Nin, 91, I think. 91, 92. Okay. What would you tell somebody looking to maybe adopt a dog or cat? Oh, that is great. That They're great. Like, and, and I, and, Don and I have a small house, so, you know, Stella's small. But um, Stella's our second dog, and it's it's absolutely a, a joy. I love it. It's great. They are, they are such good company. They are funny. They are fodder. They are finicky. But they are, uh, you know, I, I always used to roll my eyes a bit and laugh about pe- people who talked about their dog or cat like it was their kid. But now I get that. I try not to do that as much. But anyway, the point is, I'd say it's great. Do it. I, I had a terrifying experience last night, Judd, for about no more than 10 seconds, probably only five. I thought the cat could have escaped somehow. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was terrifying. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, that, and, then I, and then I found it. And I'm like, oh, this. And she's old. She's 14 now, right? So the cat's not going to live forever. So I'm already having these thoughts of like, oh, this is going to be weird when she's not here. And then I thought I lost her. It was horrifying. That's a a bad feeling. (laughs) Then I I found her. All all is good. Okay. These next three questions I think will be a bit more happy. 
right. Is there such a thing as a bad cup of coffee? Oh, yeah, if it's too strong. If it's too strong, because I, I drink mine black. I do not like all, all of this stuff, sugars and blah, blah, blah. Um, I drink black coffee, but if it's way too strong, and there are some, I will not name them, there are some companies uh, that seem to have their um, roasts be incredibly strong. I don't like that. Like, I'll power through it, but yes, I, I think that a cup of coffee that is way too strong is not really a good cup of coffee. I can drink anything unless it's, say you're going to a gas station and it's been on like the burner for hours oh, yeah. and you can taste the burn. That's not good. Yep. Okay. Uh, the best uniforms in all of sports. This is question four or five filler questions. The best uniforms in all of sports are worn by who? Uh, Chicago Blackhawks. It's a marvelous uniform. Uh, I, I would say that my... Easily my favorite group of jerseys are the are what are called, right or wrong, the original six in the National Hockey League. Detroit, Toronto I love, the Blackhawks I absolutely love, Montreal, Rangers. Like if you go through those six teams, uh, they are absolutely fantastic. But I think the Blackhawks and that look is my favorite. And in that same realm, we'll close with this, Judd, because I- – I've been called out on this by Penn State fans. I, 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 whatever, it's cool. But is it really a whiteout if the team hosting the game wears blue uniforms? I was going to ask about that. I thought the same exact thing. Why wouldn't they wear their white for that game? Uh, they apparently they claim like uh, the the blue has something to do with the whiteout, which makes no sense to me. Or maybe it was that the blue's the home uniform. But I've always watched Penn State. I've seen them wear white at home. Yeah. If it's if it's going to be a white out, you need to wear white. Otherwise, it should just be a blue out, and everybody should have wore blue. I thought the same thing. Like it, it was weird because it would. It's not like they don't have white jerseys. They do. They have great classic white uniforms. Um, I I will say this. I wish the golfers would would give their fans approval of what they're going to wear at certain games. Saturday, I liked. Didn't I? And I'm I'm not a stick in in the mud guy, but. That one game this year at home where they wore jerseys, it was a non-conference game, and they wore jerseys that were as nondescript for them as possible. And like I was having trouble. Yeah, was that the was that like the gunmetal gray or whatever it is? Yeah. What is that? Like, it first of all, it wasn't like it was attractive. Second of all, it literally was throwing me off as to who, as to which team, was the Gophers. I'm all for. People always say that I, you know, well, that's the kids like a bunch of different uniforms. That's fine. You can yeah. do a bazillion different uniform and helmet combinations with yep. maroon, gold, and white. Right. You don't need to be doing what Iowa State does every Saturday, mixing in like an all black uniform when that has nothing to do with your color scheme. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Drives me crazy. Yeah, ex- exactly. But I mean, I am, I have no problem with change ups and like changing things. But there are some where I'm like, there's nobody, including the kids, who think this is attractive. <laughs> nobody has ever put on like an all black uniform and thought it looked good, right? I, I just I've never understood that. Yeah, I just don't understand some of these. That's all I got for you, John. That's it. That's it. And Long I kept order? you. I kept next you time? like next time. Yeah. How far into you th- this season? How much not have you watched? Very, not very. I've, I've been disappointed at times. I haven't watched any yet i've recorded them all to kind of work through on a rainy saturday that's a good move the only problem is 
I'm watching college football for the next two months and it never rains anymore. So I'm, yeah. I'm not sure when I'll uh, get to right. him. You're right. Go sports. Thank, thanks, Judd. Let's see you, Roscoe. That's Judd Zolgad from Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd, Judd's Hockey Show Podcasts. Make sure you're checking out everything that he has with Score North. Thank you for rating and reviewing Minnesota Sports Chat. Saw a new one come in over the weekend. That was awesome to see, so thank you very much for that. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again later this week when Daniel House and I preview the big Minnesota and Rutgers tilt. Everybody's excited for that one. We'll talk about later on this week in this feed. Thank you very much for listening.